All right, everyone, welcome back. Episode 41 of Devil's Army Cast. We've got a lot to talk about, not a lot of good things to talk about, unfortunately, the way the past week has gone in the Devil's hockey world. Not even, not only NHL, but also AHL level. Not pretty on both levels, so we'll get to all that shortly. James and Chris, the duo as always, just What's the two up? of us today. Uh, you guys, tunes. hopefully you'll be listening to this one on March 8th, which is Monday. We are recording on Sunday, March 7th, before the Devils-Bruins game. So we're not really going to talk about that game, whether it be preview or recap, because we're recording before it. So no use in previewing it, no use in recapping it. We've already established Bruins are God here. That's, that's all we need to say. So yeah, There we go. Chris got to get the uh, jinx out of the way here. Um, we all know Chris's relationship with the Boston Bruins, I think. Uh, episode 41, jersey number 41. I was confused. I asked Chris. Chris said Michael McLeod on the call. Chris was correct. The other yeah. guy to wear number 41 in Devils history is currently Scott Wedgwood. So only two number 41s in Devils history, Wedgwood and Mr. Michael McLeod. Okay. I think that's all introductory stuff. We'll move on now to the schedule for this episode. We got current news around the NHL, kind of one segment together. We're going to mesh those two together. NJ Devils game recaps, not a lot of good going on there. And then after that, we're going to talk, kind of talk about what the heck is going on, what's so wrong with this team. And then we'll talk about a couple previews. We're only going to preview two games this week because we're going to be recording next on Friday. Uh, we got the like weekly segment where we talk about some of the bigger storylines regarding the Devils the past week. We're going to talk about the Ryan Murray thing. We're going to talk about P.K. Subban. We're going to talk about the inability of the Devils to score the puck. And there was one more thing we're going to talk about. I forget, but we'll get to it. Uh, then we got the stock up, stock down. NJ Devil specific, we usually do players trending up, players trending down. And we're going to close it out. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Baby Devils, give you an update there. Um, spoiler alert, it's not pretty down there either. So, and we'll close it on out. So let's get her, get her started. Current news around the NHL. We had a head coach firing in the North Division. Second head coach firing in as many weeks, right? Uh, affiliated with the Devils at one point, too. Yeah, Jeff Ward fired in Calgary. Daryl Sutter is replacing. Daryl Sutter, the longtime coach of the LA Kings, mm-hmm. is replacing. I just found it funny that they they canned him after a 7-1, was or a 7-2 victory over the Senators. Yeah. Um, it must have been one of those things where they're doing it behind the scenes and they had to get it together, and then they finally, once they got it planned together, it took them a couple games, and they cut him after the game regardless of the result. Brett Seabrook called the end of his solid career. He won three cups with the Blackhawks, yep. too. Yeah, he was a part of that uh, that core group. Yes. So, Good career for Mr. Seabrook. Too much. Indeed. He was also getting up there. Right? He's 30-something now. Yeah. At least. Uh, Tom Wilson suspended seven games for a hit on Brandon Carlo. That hit brought some debate on hockey Twitter. And if you even thought about siding with Tom Wilson, you were going to get yelled at by a lot of people. So Tom Wilson suspended yeah. seven games. It was a boarding penalty. He hit him from behind. Um, the reason why they said it was boarding is because the principal point of contact was like a shoulder or the back of the shoulder or something. So it was a boarding. It wasn't a hit to head. Um, seven games. So that's Mr. Tom Wilson's up to nowadays. two guys after that. Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> I think there was like two different times Bruins players came after him in that yeah, game. Yeah, Travis Tedrick, man. I want to... I, 
That dude, he was in a broom. That man, I've seen him fight about like five times this year, and he got the snot kicked out of him each of the fight, but that guy's always smiling and throwing it all. So I guess good for him there. Um, Matt Barzell scored an absolutely absurd between the legs goal against Buffalo, like an end to ender, right? Didn't he start from like his own Basically, zone? With the it, was, it was almost McDavid esque. When I watched, it, I was like, Ooh. he topped it off with a between the legs nonsense, right? Yeah, he basically he he chipped the puck up past the Buffalo defenseman, skated past him, out muscled him, got in front of the net and went between the legs and beat. Uh, I don't think it was Olmark because I think Olmark's hurt right now, but whoever they they got in there, I think Hutton. Is he still banged so, up from the Devils game? I can't Is remember if they put him on IR or not for it. Learn something new every day. Uh, also. Don't you worry, Devils fans, because this team may be a mess right now, but there's always the Buffalo Sabres. So, um, Tarasenko's back, St. Louis Blues. Mm-hmm. At one time, a star forward. He's been injury-riddled for now, it feels like, forever. Yeah, he had, like, a shoulder issue that he had to get surgery. Yeah. Always a solid player. Blues getting better. Good to see. Uh, Devils-related news. Nico Hichier... Of course, I don't think I think this happened this past week, so we didn't talk about PK yeah. Subban slaps up from a point, got deflected up high, hit Heesher in the face. Looked like it got shield, but it must have still did a lot of damage because he's a sinus fracture. Yeah, and a seems to be concussion. He's listed as week to week, placed on the IR, so we don't know when we'll see Nico next. It's just a shame because the kid finally – we knew he struggled when he first came back, which was expected, but then he finally started to get going. And, of course, when he started to get going, he gets hit in the face with a puck. Yeah. So just a rough year for Nico. Um, just bad luck, really bad luck. So uh, I also, I'm tired of seeing people on Twitter like blaming P.K. Subban for this. Like – yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, he took the shot, but the shot was low. It was yeah. on net, and it just got deflected. It was just bad luck. So yeah. it's just I mean, people hating. I, I would battle in front of the net, and it was, you know, it was well assumed that you're seeing the defenseman take a clapper, and you're you're hoping you're not you're like, please just keep it low, please just keep it low. <laughs> so you know, standing in front of that net, you're exposed. You're in the line of fire. Um, so. You know, I, I guess, like we say, it got tipped and redirected into Nico's facial area. Um, but, yeah, it's not like Nico didn't know that, you know, that's a possibility. Everyone who goes to the front of the net knows that. And that's why some people don't go to the front of the net because uh, they don't want to risk it. Don't want to get yeah, to the dirty so areas. Unfortunately, that happened. Uh, who knows when the next time we'll see him play. Uh, I mean, at this point, no, no rushing him back. You know, I feel like. To. I feel like once the concussion's over, there's a good chance because he could just go bubble if he wants to. Yeah, exactly. And that's what the whole thing is. People love to speculate and stuff. And you just see absolutely ridiculous takes out there. People Mm -hmm. saying, oh, he's not tough. He's not playing through it. And if he was able to play, he would be playing. So, of course, it came out that he has a concussion. Thus, you can't play. So, (laughs) Um, yeah. So, that's your Nico Yushir unfortunate update. Dawson Mercer. Some some better Devils news. Dawson Mercer is absolutely lighting it up in the uh, queue. He has 25 points in 16 games. He registered his second hat trick of the season yesterday. That pick is looking like an absolute steal there at number, what was that, 18? Something like that. Um, Pretty good. That was good. Um, yeah, so Dawson Mercer is a beast. Cole Brady is another guy. He's a 2019 fifth rounder. He's a goalie. 
double selection. He had a 9-10 save percentage in 13 games with Arizona State University. No Arizona State jokes here. We won't be making any jokes. um, (laughs) He played a tough Big Ten schedule, and he played well. The record wasn't pretty, and the goals against average wasn't pretty, but the dude was facing like 45 shots a night, so he did well, which is good to see. I don't have any other current news. I probably missed a decent amount. Do you have anything that comes to your mind? trying to think um obviously the devil started letting back in fans but i think we covered that last episode um, oh yeah that, they would be did. I went. that wasn't that was that wasn't pretty i was at both rangers games but we'll talk about that in a little bit how those games went uh, i'm sorry um, james yeah it's all right <laughs> i mean i've i've seen a lot worse in terms of like sports in person to go off in the tangent here i've been to a oh, lot of sporting fans. events in my life <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was a good one. Um, so I live in Philly, and I go to Citizens Bank Park. Very nice ballpark whenever the Mets are in town. There was a game where it was a 10 nothing Phillies. I don't know if you remember this game was last year. The Phillies were up 10-0 before the end of the f- top of the first inning. I, I left the ballpark before the first inning ended. Um, but, yeah, I just have really bad luck with going to see my teams get absolutely wrecked. Temple yeah. football, bowl games. Been to a few bowl games, Temple I football. I came up to Jersey wrecked. one weekend in the summer and bought tickets to a Mets game, and it was against the Nationals when Bryce Harper was still on oh, the team. Oh, was that the 22-27-2 yes. game you went yes. to that? Yep. It was a, Yikes. Yep. And, and Harper wasn't even supposed to play. Harper was benched that game. Like, he was rested, and he still came in off the bench to pinch hit, got, like, two doubles, four RBIs. I'm like, what the that was a mess. Jose Reyes pitched that game. Or was that a different game? I don't know. They had a position player yeah, pitching. It was, that was, a it was pretty bad. I'm like, all right. Uh, sometimes you hit duds. In my case, you hit a lot of duds. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, all right. Moving on now. Uh, game recaps. So we're going to recap. 228 versus Washington. 3-2 versus Islanders. 3-4 against the Rangers. 3-6 against the Rangers. Big thing here is a whole bunch of L's. Yep. 228, 3-2 loss against the Caps. Devils to rough on nothing. Mikhail Maltsev, who we'll talk about later, it's been great. But he got them started 1-0. It was a really bad – there was really bad goaltending in this game on the uh, – the. Yeah, you could say both sides, but mainly the capital side because this mm. shot should not have beat him. Uh, then we were tied after period 2-1-1. Caps responded. Or after 1, it was 1-1. And then period 2, it was 2-2. Igor Sharangovich got the Devils up 2-1. Um, then Ovi scored somewhere along there. Yeah, he's make it through too. Yeah. yeah. So Igor's goal was another kind of softy by the netminder for the Caps, and then Ovi got the game winner, three two, nothing in period three. This is a game where the Capitals only had one third period shot. The Devils didn't have much more. They had shots. four. The final shots on goal were twenty three twenty one Washington. <laughs> yeah. So it's just an ugly game. Yeah, not, not good. Devils could have easily had this one, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Moving on now. 3-2, 2-1 loss against the Islanders. This was textbook New York Islanders. And I got to say, man, every year I say how, yeah, the Islanders aren't going to be too good this year. They're bound to regress. That roster is, loses that pieces system. every year. The, it, Barry Trotz deserves to <laughs> win coach the year every goddamn year because that man just – that system, like you said, Not just with that unbelievable system. over there. <laughs> it's like – you, it's the New England Patriots of systems, not success, but it's the New England Patriots of systems. You could stick whoever in there and they're going to succeed. 
It's about having the right players, not the best ones. <laughs> I wouldn't even say the right players in the case of this because you look at the roster and it's not all that talented in a sense. They got Barzell, they got Anders, they got pieces, but they lost from last year's team and mm-hmm. they're probably better than they were last year. They just got so, everyone still buying in. Barry Trouch is unbelievable. I'll be wrong about the Islanders every single year until they <laughs> actually decide to regress, which is probably after Barry Trouch retires. <laughs> but yeah. anyway, um, so all the goals in this game were in period three. The Isles got two goals and put the game out of reach. I mean, they scored once. This game was over. <laughs> Everyone watching the game was like, ah, mm-hmm. this one's over. Yeah. Anyway, it was 2-0. Miles Wood got the classic Devils garbage time goal late in this one. Final mm-hmm. 2-1. Shots on goal were 29-20. Devils. This was the definition textbook quantity over quality thing um devils had the shots and shot attempt advantages but only had the 38 percent of the goal share which tells you the story of quantity over quality in terms of the devils they had the quantity did not have the quality and it cost them so yeah first reverse retro game this year too right i believe so this was the first yeah it was because this was the first in person at the rock game with fans since mm-hmm. March 10th, was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, moving on. More home games, both losses against the Rangers on 3-6 and 3-8, or 3-4 and 3-6, I think it was. Mack was in net for both games. Arendelle got the game against the Islanders. It was just awful. They got outscored 12-4 aggregate in these two games. There was an 8-0 scoring run the Rangers went on mm-hmm. at one point across the two games because it was six unanswered in the first game. Devils got up to a one off lead, and the Rangers scored six, and I answered. Then the Rangers got up 2-0 in the following game, so that's 8-0 run right there. Um, first game was Shesterkin. Played well. It was funny because in the chat, I don't know if you noticed, I said in the first period it's going to be one of these games where Devils get down or Devils get like 40 sh- shots on goal, but Shesterkin saves 39 of them type of games. Basically, Shesterkin was like – yeah, it's just starting was like 38 for 39 or something like that. Yeah, I think the Devils had 36 shots compared to the Rangers' 19, and yet the Rangers hung up six, and we only hung up one. Yeah, as crazy as it sounds, like, not that the Devils didn't play poorly in the first game, but it, it just, look at this box score without looking at the score and numbers, and it just mm-hmm. paints a totally picture, different picture. And that has a lot to do with Mac. Yeah. <laughs> Kenzie Blackwood was just not good. Um, defense let some chances up, but it was nothing crazy. The game two was just a mess defensively. Mac was better in game two, was not great by any means, but the defense, everything was messy in game two. Uh, yeah, it, it was just not good. These were the two games I personally attended, went to both of them. So just think of that for a minute. I paid all that money to go to that game, and I saw an 8-0 Rangers run, and the Devils get outscored 12-4 across the two games. Sounds like you need to not go to any more Devils Rangers game at the Rock, or just any more <laughs> Devils games ever. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just was not pretty. The goals were Maltsev, Bastion, and Subban in Game Two. Hughes got the only goal in Game One. But yeah, go ahead. I don't know if you want to add anything here. <laughs> I mean, it was brutal. Um, I, I turned the game off the first one. When it got to like, I think four one five one Rangers, I'm like, what the? And then I saw like my phone kept the alerts coming, and then I saw like Lafreniere scored the last goal for the Rangers. I'm like, that's salt in the wound right there. Um, and uh, Hughes, he he had a great goal, but I mean, 
it's because the Rangers misplayed it and miscommunicated. Shesterkin let the puck go because he thought it was going to be an icing. He didn't realize it was waved off. That's why it bounced off the end boards and came out to Hughes because both Rangers defensemen thought it was going to be an icing. Hughes was the only one who kept skating. So it came right out to him and he just, you know, beat Shesterkin because Shesterkin wasn't set. He wasn't ready. Um, it, it, it seemed like opposite things happen in both games and I think it was maybe Danico who said it yesterday in like the post game he was like the first game Devils came out strong and then it just went away you know and then the second game it was like the exact opposite the Devils came out flat Devils weren't prepared and then they kind of got it going towards the end of the game but it was too late so yeah it was hard to watch um this is some adversity for Blackwood. I think he's going to fight through it, and I think the coaching staff is trying to have him fight through it, which is difficult in a shortened season like this because you don't want to overplay him and overexert him because that's not going to help. But at the same time, if the guy's in a rut, it's kind of like you know batting for baseball. You just you know you fight your way through it, um, make your tweaks and adjustments, whatever you got to do. So. Yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be fine in the long run, but we'll talk more about his struggles here coming up shortly. Anything else you want to add across these last four games before we get into like an overall picture of what's going on with this team? <laughs> I mean, I'll say this, and it might transition us into what's going on with this overall team. But I, I feel like there's one common thread you could you could put between all of them, and it's that just uh, the Devils need a full 60 minutes. I think that's one of the biggest things across all these games. Um, just get a full 60 minutes in. Yeah, that's definitely um, one of the points I'm going to bring up here. But all right, we'll kind of get in. Now we're going to discuss, like I said, overall what the heck is going on here. Um, all right, so I believe I talked about this last episode, and I kind of – I guess understated the struggles that I thought were going to happen, but the Devils got out to a very hot start and it was not sustainable one because the numbers really didn't match up. And two, the Devils don't have the roster to play like how they were playing. Mm. The Devils went from people thinking that the team was special and we're going to make a playoff run to people. Have thinking we won this, the draft lottery yet? Yeah. And I think that's very unhealthy to get your expectations all out of whack like that, as many fans did. And that's just part of being a fan of a hockey team for some people or a fan of any team for some people. I think I said that in the chat yesterday when they tied it up. I was like, can we decide, like, are we trash or are we good? If we're good, play Devils on this roller coaster ride. Devils are certainly not good. And I think that's how everyone should have perceived them before this season started and that's nothing against the Devils per se but a lot to do with the division and the fact that they do have a lot of young players but I think what my point last episode was is this team is still in the middle of building and developing young players and they Mm -hmm. should be regarded as that and not a playoff team but not a complete trash dumpster fire Yeah, I I would expect a better performance than what we saw. I would as well. So I'm going to drop some analytics on you because you know I like doing that. PDO is a – some nerds don't like it and some nerds like it. I'm more on the level of thinking it's a pretty good stat. Basically, it's a a loose way to measure luck. Basically, like a luck factor. 
So it's 101 is the baseline. That's what people regress to. That's what you start at, right? I'm not going to go into how it's calculated because it's hard to explain and it's it's just weird. But 1.02, right? That number, 1.00 is like the baseline. 1.02 and above is like you're lucky. You're bound to regress. You're getting results that you probably shouldn't get. 0.98 is you're unlucky. You're not getting the results you should get. Expect a little bit better play. The Devils before this horrific run had a PDO of 1.1 or 1.15 or something like that. So they were on the lucky side. They weren't like very lucky, but they were getting results maybe they shouldn't get, which made sense. Now they're at zero or 0.989. That's in a matter of like a week or two. So now they're getting results they necessarily shouldn't get, and they're bound to regress in the good way a little bit, which I think totally makes sense, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it is something you would expect, yeah. So, yeah, um, that's, that's little analytics for you, and I think that tells the whole picture. I think that's definitely a part of their struggles is kind of just not getting the bounces they were getting. And, like, not at all now. They're not getting any good luck their way. Their play hasn't been great, but it's been better than the scores have been indicated. Like, they could have easily won, won a couple of these games. They just went on this big losing streak. Um, do you have anything to add in terms of, like, luck or puck luck or that type of thing? Or are you going a different area of why this team's struggling? Or what the heck's wrong? I think um, they're just a little out of sync. Um I think they get burned, you know, uh, once and it kind of lingers and it just kind of snowballs a little bit. Um, but I think it just comes back to playing a whole 60 minutes. And I, I think it's, uh, you know, PK Subban kind of talks about it when they inter- interviewed him partway through the game, you know, just saying that uh, they had to get their game going. And, and you know, I think to me, that's the biggest thing. I, if I see like a full 60 minutes from the Devils, I think the results are going to show. Um we're not going to get blown out like we did against the Rangers. And, um, you know, we'll start being in a position to win games like we were against the Capitals and stuff like that. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's a little bit of everything. So I talked about luck, mm-hmm. right? Other thing I want to talk about, and I know some people may be like, oh, no way. And this, the COVID outbreak they had. Like, it took a toll on a lot of players. A lot of players tested positive. Mm-hmm. Devils have now lost 8-9 and nine since coming back from the COVID break. Five in a row. I think I they mean, are 2-9-1 and one or something at home. And it's, like, the worst they've ever started in yeah, franchise I mean, history. Yeah, that's the home road record, too. But mainly I'm focusing, like, talking about, like, the whole how COVID kind of influenced them. Because if you look around the league, other player, other teams that had, like, COVID issues, the Sabres, mm-hmm. the Stars – or the two ones that come to mind, they had bad COVID. I mean, Buffalo, the whole thing after the Devils. Mm. Buffalo sucks. They're one of the worst teams in the league. And I think they should be playing a bit better than that. But whatever yeah, you want to do. Yeah, their roster would indicate they should be better than Dallas that. Dallas is, like, bad. They're in a bad spot right now. They started out hot, and now they're in a bad spot. They have a, they're struggling, too. Other teams that had COVID issues are the Flyers. Flyers are doing okay still. They're... 
I think they've lost more than they've won recently. And the Avalanche had COVID issues, and I think they've been struggling a little bit. I saw they're like 13-8 and whatever. I thought they had a better record at one point. Mm-hmm. Do you think COVID's playing it? I certainly do. I think the players are feeling some ill effects from that. Yeah, I mean, what it do you could think? be. It, it, it could be. Um, the Devils did I mean, have It's not like an excuse, ball. but yeah. I think it's something you got to look at. Yeah, I mean, the Devils had a strong start um, when they came out of their COVID break. Um, it's it is known that this thing can have lingering side effects for like months if you've had it, um, whether it be like chest coughing, you know, whatever. Um, I mean, it's 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 possible that they're still dealing with lingering effects. I know the you know we don't usually talk about COVID too much because that's a whole other atmosphere, but. Um, general science has shown there are lingering effects for months for various different things whether it's having a cough having some difficulty breathing still and stuff like that even though you've already passed it um it takes your body a couple months to really kind of recuperate and heal itself after initially fighting off the infection and stopping it from continuing to spread and grow so yeah, so uh, I think it's playing a part, and even our buddy Alex on Twitter, Alex Chalvonsi, who's been on our episode co- or podcast a couple times, even brought this up as well. Um, I think it's playing a little bit of a factor, not an excuse, like I said, but other aspects is goaltending. Mackenzie Blackwood specifically, over the past four games, he's faced 88 shots, which is only 22 per game, and he's only stopped... Uh, or, I'm sorry. So, yeah, he's faced 88 shots, 22 per game, on those 88 shots, he's an 82% save percentage. That's not going to get her done. Yeah. I mean, he, he was off for like two, three weeks, and maybe you expect a little bit of rust. But, again, when the Devils first came back from this COVID break, they looked great. Um, so maybe it's like the, the endurance was affected and stamina and stuff. But, yeah, Blackwood's he, – he's clearly in a rut. Um, and, like I said, it's kind of like baseball, you know, just – play through it and make your tweaks and adjustments so yeah he's struggling that's definitely part of the devil's struggles so we talk about blackwood covid luck factor and the inability to finish we're going to talk about this more um in a little bit but basically look at the devils their defense has struggled to an extent but they haven't put the puck in the net and they haven't been able to put the puck in the net for a long time their underlying numbers in terms of offense are solid, believe it or not. They're getting the quantity as we've seen. When they do get a quality, the issue with that is they're not finishing. And it just comes down to the fact that this roster just doesn't have finishers on it. We got Cal Palmieri, who's a goal scorer. He's not scoring goals this year. Who else do you have on the roster that's a goal scorer? Chris, can you name anyone that's like known for their goal scoring abilities? Um, I mean, Hughes' shot is coming alive a little bit. Goose is supposed to be a goal scorer, you know. Brad Jack's, is, is he's more of the. I mean, with Hughes, his whole thing coming out was his his one weakness mm. was the shot has to get better, and yeah. it is his shot is getting better. But right now, I think Hughes of more of the facilitator, getting the puck up and down the ice, playmaker. His, he could score goals, but I don't think yeah. he's regarded as that goal scorer. I don't yeah. think the Devils have anyone else besides Kyle Palmieri. I think for me, like Palmieri is listed as the obvious, you know, the goal scorer. But to me, there's tons of guys who aren't listed as goal scorers where it's like, yeah, Hughes is more of a playmaker, but he can shoot, he can score. Brat is like super fast and very crafty with the puck, but he can score, you know, if he, you know, if these guys shoot, you know, it's not like they just 
their primary thing is get the puck shoot, get the puck shoot. But that's why it's tricky for me whenever I get asked like who a goal scorer would be. I'm like, well, if some guys shot the puck more than they currently do, they'd probably be considered goal scorers. But yeah, but Palmieri is definitely the obvious one that's always listed as our goal producer. So. Yeah, they're just not finishing. Dallas don't really have finishers on the roster. So my my argument for why the Devils are where they're at right now is goaltending, possibly some issues lingering effects with COVID, as we've seen from other teams that have also had issues with COVID. The luck factor, they're just not getting bounces, and it's bound to regress better for them. And uh, the inability to finish. I don't know if I said that twice. I missed that's when it was just the penalty kill that we had to worry about. Yeah, I mean, the penalty kill hasn't been great, but, I mean, it's been better. It's gotten much better. The power play sucked. That definitely mm-hmm. has to do with it. But, yeah, it's outside the penalty kill now. It's spreading. <laughs> the issues are spreading. Uh, all right, game previews. Chris, anything else you want to add here? I know you, uh, your main argument here, what you were explaining, which I totally agree with, is that they're just not playing a full 60 minutes, which we've seen a lot mm-hmm. over these past few games. But I didn't know if you wanted to add anything else. Um, I mean, I guess I'll add one more thing. And it was I actually stuck around for like most of the post game yesterday <laughs> um, just to hear like what Bryson and Dano were saying and stuff. And it might have been uh, Bryce who said it or Dano, one of the two. I can't remember. But basically it was a question of um, or may, actually it was Cangelosi um, basically saying like rough has been kind of even keel throughout, you know, everything that's going on and understanding and stuff like that. Is it getting to a point now where we see him kind of snap, like, and get like super serious and stuff like that, which is never fun as a player. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. So maybe we see that. Um, I know we. <laughs> there's there's no shot the Devils are going to get back skated this year for anyone who's hoping for that. That's too short of a season, and it would just not make sense if you're trying to win games. But yeah, I, I I heard Kanji bring that up. I'm like, that's a good point. Is this a time where Ruff starts to be less even keel and more more hard on the players? So, well, we did kind of see that actually. I don't know if you caught it, but there was a report that instead of having like a full on practice, whenever it was, mm-hmm. they had a team film slash break everything down segment where Ruff kind of just told the team how it is, and there's yeah. going to be lineup changes in the game tonight against Boston. So. There you go. Maybe that applies to what you're just talking about. But we will see. Yeah. All right. Game previews. Got. We're only previewing two games this week because we're going to be recording next on the 12th, which is Friday, and they play today the 7th. But we're going to be uh, releasing this the 8th, so there's no reason for us to break down a game against Bruins. So we're going to talk about the game on the 9th against the Caps and game on the 11th against the Islanders. Games are both away. Uh, this segment's kind of getting repetitive because Devils are playing all the same teams, so we're not going to go like in depth, in depth, but we're going to kind of get you an update on how these teams are going and kind of like what to watch for, I guess. Mm-hmm. So basically, the Devils are playing the first, second, and third teams. Their next three games, they're playing the Bruins. Not going to talk about that game much. They're currently third in the East Division. They play Washington, which is number two in the East Division. Washington seven, two, and one in their last ten. And the Islanders are number one in the East. Those team, that team that I'm always wrong about. Uh, seven, two, and one in their last ten. 
Devils are playing two extremely hot and good hockey teams. This is not a good recipe to get now this funk there in hockey. Yeah, so we're 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 lined up for great success. Yeah. So Islanders, they do their thing with their system, suppress a ton of chances, they do not get scored on at all. Like really. Um really good defense, really good goal tending. But they don't really score a lot, so maybe you can take advantage of that, get the puck in the net. Unlikely, but we'll see. Capitals, they score a lot, but they give up a lot of decent chances. But their special mm-hmm. teams are elite. Yeah, um, stay out of the box would be common sense. Yeah, that's usually common sense, but more so against the Caps. Uh, Islanders, in terms of players, Barzell's just having an unbelievable year. We talked about his sick goal earlier. Um, I think he's still their leading scorer, and the Caps. Backstrom, I think, is their leading scorer around there. No Tom Wilson against the Devils <laughs> on the Caps play. That'll be something. Um, okay, I guess that's all we have preview-wise. You want to say anything about the Isles or Caps here? Um, I mean, the Islanders is probably going to be a frustrating game to watch and kind of makes me understand. Any other way. <laughs> kind of makes me understand why people hated watching us play for the longest time. <laughs> it's kind of like these shoes on the other Don't foot say that. kind You'll of get situation. Fans mad. <laughs> <laughs> it can be um, boring and still work. I mean, no, I mean, no problem with that. That was, that was always works, my argument. Fine. That was always my argument when people said, oh, it's boring. I'm like, but did we win? No, it's a no, it's boring. But did we win? So it's kind of like shoes on the other foot now. I'm like, okay, I kind of get what these people were saying. Um, yeah, that, that'll that probably be boring. Um, and then Capitals. We've had some luck against their goalies this year, I think. Um, but, you know, the Capitals, it's like – if they get on a, a five-minute stretch, they can just take the game over like that. It's super quick. Um, who knows? Maybe I'm wrong, and you know, the Islanders-Devils game turns into like a six-five barn burner or something. But yeah, I, I doubt it. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't the bet the over for that on that one. Be like three. Yeah, I wouldn't bet the over on that one. <laughs> so, all right, we're gonna move on to like the weekly segment where we talk about some. Uh, we gotta find a name for this. Where we talk about like some developments inside, like specific players or things about Devils from the past week. I talk about some of them. Uh, we're gonna start with the Ryan Murray PK Subban thing. We're gonna talk first about Ryan Murray. So Ryan Murray, as we all know, has been a healthy scratch for the past three or four games. Now this won't hold true once you guys listen to this because it's almost certain he's gonna be back in the lineup the way Lindy Ruff has been talking against the Bruins. So anyway, the Ryan Murray benching was warranted, by the way. We'll hear Chris's take on this shortly. Mm-hmm. But in my opinion, it was very warranted. The Subban-Murray pairing started as one of the best pairings in the whole league, and that quickly went south. By the end, before they got broken up, is 42nd in the league of 59 qualified pairings in Corsi 4 percentage, which is a measure of shot attempts, a ratio. And they were last out of 59 pairings in expected goals. Basically, like Corsi 4, but it's a measure of quality. Giving up a lot of quality, not generating a lot as a pairing. So, and then the last game, he was just awful on special teams. You hear this big argument, oh, well, P.K. Subban's bringing him down. Murray wasn't good when he was with Votten in there for a little bit towards the end. Um, Murray's numbers are probably worse than Subban's numbers to an extent, so I'm not hearing that argument. But uh, it, it was warranted. It is time to get him back in the lineup, and I think that's what you're going to see today against Boston. So, 
You yeah. want to talk about Ryan Murray? Do you think the benching's warranted? Do you think he should still be benched? Kind of that type of talk. Go ahead. I don't think he should still be benched. I think he's a top caliber defenseman at his best. Um, I mean, when you're going through a rut, it's kind of like Blackwood. When you're going through a rut, there's two ways to kind of address it. It's either have someone play through it or have them, you know, kind of take a seat and just try and clear themselves mentally of whatever's going on. Um, I think he should be in the lineup tonight. I think it's important to get him back in. Um, we view him as a, a top defenseman. And like I said, he's, he's definitely shown that he can be, um, yeah, it's just, it's interesting. I remember one of the last things I saw before he had like, a the, scratch um was that one penalty kill where i think i mentioned him in the episode i I was like why would murray leave his man alone in front and run out to a guy in the corner um you know playing the game you always you'll make mistakes like you're not perfect you know um just learn from them and move forward but it was something like that where maybe it's like you know gripping the stick too tight overthinking it a little bit you know that that's where like sitting out maybe helps you just like clear your head just Take a couple games, come back, you know, fresh mind. Because um, it's a real thing. You can, you can grab the stick too tight. You can think about stuff too much in anticipation where it messes you up. Um, so I, I think it's important he's back in the lineup tonight. And hopefully, you know, him being out for a couple games more to just kind of like have him kind of reset will be beneficial for him. Yeah, I definitely want to see him back in. Like I said, I'm almost certain we will. Um. So that's the Murray Subban. So we Murray Subban. What did I just say? Ryan the Murray, Murray situation or, ordeal. Uh, we both think that the benching was warranted, right? Mm-hmm. And we both think it's time to get him back in the lineup. Yeah. PK Subban. Ready? I'm gonna make a lot of people mad. There. I have this theory, Chris, and I've talked about this theory in the chat, and mm. I want to hear your take on it. That in in the sports world, any team, any player, once a player for their for their respective fans reaches this threshold and breaks their threshold. There's no going back. And basically what this threshold is, is that once it's broken, fans will regard that player as basically they can never do any right. They could have the best game like others of the season and they'll be like, oh, no, he was just awful. The team can lose 6-1 and... You'll see everyone complaining about this player, even though it was this player actually wasn't that bad and wasn't the issue. It was actually mm-hmm. all these guys. It's just like that one scapegoat that like the blame's always going to go to them. They could do nothing right. And however you get to that threshold, whether it's just uh, whatever. Yeah. Do you think there's that kind of like threshold type of thing out there, like the scapegoat threshold type? situation out in the sports world that a player could reach and once they get past there's no going back with fan bases i mean i think there's definitely i wouldn't call it like a threshold thing but i think it's just fans will sometimes not let go of stuff like they'll remember horrible things um instead of like you know as something good happens i I don't know i mean his first season here i remember i think i wrote before they actually traded for him in one of our trade pieces that um suban was talented i didn't know if the fit would be good because i knew you know he was um he's a very loud player which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it was just more the mindset of you know if you got a lot of young guys how does that work 
Um, and then, you know, he always did a lot of charitable stuff in like Montreal and in Nashville, everywhere he's been, he's done, he's been very big in the community, done a lot of great charity work and stuff like that. So that was never a question if, you know, if the devils did trade for him, which they ended up doing. Um, and the only other thing I, I think I mentioned was like, you know, New York is the biggest media capital in the world. I mean, he's used to it from Montreal being big on hockey, but you know, how does that work out? Um, and I'm glad that you know, he, I was wrong about any kind of concern. Um, in my opinion, you know, his first year, even though he wasn't solid necessarily with his play, he was great as a leader. Um, very good for the young young guys and everything. Just a nice, relaxed kind of presence, but also being able to teach as well. And I mean, I think he's, he's stepped forward his game this year. I think it's better than last year. Um, I don't see why people would hold him as like a scapegoat or not like you know just just clinging to any kind of bad play or anything like that um i mean you you want your players to play better and in my opinion suban's doing a better job this season uh he definitely put in the work i think i saw like some of his workout clips over the summer or or during this whatever off season period um he was putting in the work in the gym and stuff man i think uh i think it's it's you you are correct. There is like that kind of threshold where like fans will hold just something against the player. I mean, we we've seen it with Severson, and we don't tolerate Severson slander. No, we do not. Um, ben Lovejoy was a good example of this. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think people. If, if you're somebody who's like laying on Subban is like the reason we're losing, or like you know he's not good. I mean, you're, you're, uh, I'm sorry, you're just not watching games correctly. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So. So that whole threshold talk was of because of this PK Subban. I think he's broken that threshold because whenever you go out and you look on Twitter, social media, yeah. even like if a team posts something, the first thing you see or like the first like three responses are all bashing PK Subban. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it's just it's gotten out of hand. It's, he's don't and Chris, you are correct. He yeah. has played a lot better than he had last year. Last year he was awful. Yeah. This year, he hasn't been good, per se, but, but he has not been nearly as bad as everyone is making him out to be. Yeah. A lot to do with, it, I think, why people are hating on him is his contract. And his contract's ridiculous. Yeah. It's I was going to say his contract, yeah. But it's what, what are you going to do? We didn't don't sign get me wrong. We didn't sign yeah, that it's contract. Like, the New Jersey Devils, I could guarantee you knew that that contract was bad when they got him. But the Devils yeah. needed a defense that could eat a lot of time. And they had the cap room. It's it's not an issue. That's the reason we got them because we were the only team that, at the end, like said, "Fine, we'll take the full cap hit." Because there was tons and of they teams didn't that give up them. a lot for them. Yeah, it was I mean, Stephen I think Santini in a was, second rounder. Was in on them and stuff too, but they were, you know, nobody was willing to eat the entire cap, like we were. So, yeah, I think it's like it's weird. It's like fans having a short term memory, but not of something recent, like something in the past, and just like putting on blinders for the present, you know. Um, and I think people feed off each other. They see on Twitter people and Facebook people saying, oh, Subban's a reason. And they're like, you know what? Yeah, PK Subban. He sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, like it's like there's – it's like they think you can only have you know two opinions. Like either he's absolutely horrible or he's going to win the Norris. It's like, no, no. There can be like a, a middle ground like in there. Like he can be a good defenseman. <laughs> he can yeah. have his moments and stuff like – uh, and again, I am not saying PK Subban is good. He is, he's, 
for what they're asking him to do, it's it's okay. I mean, he's not as my mm. whole thing is he's not doing nearly as bad as everyone's making him out to be. Yeah. Um. So as we talked about, Subban struggled with Murray, and well documented struggle. Subban stayed in the lineup. Murray didn't. He has since played with Dmitry Kulkov, and it's been arguably the way that Smith and Severson's kind of struggled, mainly Smith. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a big Damon guy. Ty Smith has struggled, and that he's bringing that pairing down a bit. Um, Subban and Kulkos arguably been the devil's best defensive pairing here the past few games. League-wide, ready for this? I bet you you didn't think this was a thing. Corsi 4 percentage, they're number one in the league as a pairing. Number two in expected goals percentage. This is out of 92 qualified pairings in the whole NHL. The Subban and Cool Call pairings, one and two in those two leading stats. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's insane. Um, Subban has two goals and seven assists this year in 20 games. 37 point pace over 82 games. Nothing to write home about, but this would be the highest in Subban's career since 2017. His underlying, like, his underlying Corsi and expected goals numbers are good. The GAR numbers I talk about is really not good for Subban. Um, but, I mean, my message here is Subban's not nearly as bad as everyone else pegs him out to be. I agree. It's a lot bigger than PK Subban. <laughs> like, that's the least of the team's worries right now. People just got to gotta take a deep breath and evaluate as a whole. Don't pin it on one player. Yeah, I mean, the simplest way to put it is watching these past couple games, my reaction to them playing was not, dang it, P.K. Subban. It was like, you know, what's going on with this team as a whole? Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't understand how people can, you know, who do this, who pin it on him or, or whatever, you know. I, I don't get it. Like I said, I don't think you're watching the same games, so... All right. a, lot of, a lot of people are not going to like that, what we just talked about. I guarantee you a lot of people aren't going to like it. But um, Possible trade bait here. It's trade bait season. This is the other thing that I forgot that I want to talk about, like say before when I was laying out what we're going to be talking about. Um, people, analysts, TSN, the big-time analysts are all coming out with their top 20 trade bait list like every year around the deadline. I don't even know when the deadline is. I'm guessing it's coming up soon if we're seeing these lists. Probably, yeah. Murray, Nikita Gusev, Ryan, Nur- and Ryan Murray, and P.K. Subban are all devils that have been on lists. Uh, Palms, Goose, Murray are all expiring contracts. Subban has one more year on his deal. In my opinion, I don't think we're going to see a lot of action. And these Mm -hmm. are what, like, Friedman, those guys are saying. They think the trade deadline is going to be a dud. Mm -hmm. And they got to trade Nikita Gusev, in my opinion. it's If they want to bring him back, they can – and it'll be a nice deal because he hasn't been performing. But he's he actually played better a recent time out. You know what? I got ahead of myself. They don't have to trade Nikita Gusev, but – any guy on the list I just read, Gusev would be like my guy to trade if they want to move anyone. Yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to them bringing them. Eh, I don't want to say that. I don't know. I mean, my <laughs> opinion on it is I agree with Friedman. I think it'll be a slow trade deadline in general just because we still have flat cap and teams are trying to be cognizant of that and planning for the future, as well as, you know, Seattle expansion. You know, that's going to be here. So you're trying to make sure you're not adding guys that you're going to end up losing or, or losing key pieces. You know, you're trying to make sure anyone you add is someone who you'd be okay with leaving open. Uh, you don't want to be someone who gets stuck, like making a trade with Vegas to give up like a first and a second round pick and trading someone away to like leave a certain player alone or whatever. 
in the draft. But um, I, I think also, you know, maybe this is a benefit to the Devils. It's kind of a weird way of thinking it, but I mean, like, Palmieri's not playing up to the level that we would expect him to this season. Gusev isn't really playing up to the level that we're expecting him to this season. Murray's having some, you know, issues, and we consider him like a top D-man guy. I mean, if those guys, you know... in in a trade uh, deadline situation, that's probably going to affect what teams are offering. And then at the same time, if you get to free agency, it's going to, you know, teams might offer less in terms of money. Um, I, I'd be perfectly fine with the Devils not moving any of them. Um, yeah, I think that's going to be the case at the end of the day. I think it, it you know, it makes it easier to kind of re-sign them and, um it probably won't be like long-term stuff. You know, obviously this is just a weird season. It's affected teams differently. Players aren't used to playing this often. Um, so I, I think it's an interesting, unique situation. I don't see the devils moving anyone, even though, you know, you could say rebuilding or whatever. Um, I think there's a good chance, you know, they, they keep everyone and, and, you know, they'll try and resign whoever they can in the off season. I'm confident they'll get something done with Paul Mary. I think they could easily do like another year or two with Gusev, um, you know, and, and Murray, who knows? I mean, Maybe you assign him to a one or two year deal as well, like an extension kind of thing. This is obviously not a normal season, um, and everyone knows that. So who knows? Get a get a regular season, actual regular season going, and you might see some uh, some different stuff. I, it, it could end up being a, a little bit of a blessing in disguise kind of roundabout way of thinking about it. Yeah, so... I, at the end of the day, I, I agree. I don't think they're going to move too many of them, if any, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Goose would be the leading candidate to get moved in, um, on my list. Maybe mm-hmm. Ryan Murray. I don't think they're going to get any takers for Subban. Yeah. I'm going to bring Kyle Paul Murray back to me. But who knows? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is you don't want to turn into and, – and don't mean to throw this shade, but you don't want to turn into Buffalo where, like, you know, they drafted Eichel and all these years down the, the line, you know, fans are like, wait, are we still rebuilding? That's that's what you don't want to fall into, so I don't think the Devils are, are near there yet. But we're at the point where we need to like retain talent and not just sell off to get you know young prospects and stuff like that. So yeah, so that's that part. And the last thing we want to discuss here is just basically the inability to score. The Devils haven't had goal scoring for years, and I just find it interesting how people around the team are always like, "Oh, it's a defense. That's the issue. It's a defense. It's all the defense." Devils haven't been ranked higher than 25th in the NHL in scoring besides the one year they made the playoffs in 18, um, since mm-hmm. 2011-2012 season. I think that's the bigger problem in the defense right now, and they need to find finishers. They need to draft finishers. They drafted Alexander Holtz. They drafted Dawson Mercer, who's not really a finisher per se, but he should bring some good goal scoring in a bit. Um, but, like, you look at their recent draft, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes, phenomenal players. They're not known for their goal-scoring abilities. I feel like the Devils really need to start putting their their resources towards finding goal scores. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you want to add kind of, like, quick little tidbit there. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Um, Jack and Nico are more playmakers. They can score, um, you know, but it's not their primary thing, what they're known for. But... I agree. So. All right. 
Uh, do you want to add anything else to those three things we just spoke about before I move on to the Bing Ten Devils? Or no, we got trending up, trending down next. Anything you want to add before we move on to trending up, trending down? Nah, we can move on. All right. So trending up for me is Mikel Maltev. Looks like he's going to be a nice little hockey player. A couple goals here these past few games. I think he's going to be a perfect fit for this team's bottom six. Hopefully he keeps progressing. I think I think he's been solid. Dmitry Kulkov is another guy. He's been solid all year, and he's <laughs> playing with P.K. Subban, and they're doing a good job. So I think that's worth some praise there. Um, who do you have here trending up? Uh, I had Maltif. Um He had, you know, I think a goal against the Capitals besides the uh, the one against the Rangers yesterday. That was very nice. Um, I think he's probably one of the only ones. I agree with Kulikov. I didn't think about that, but I, I would place him in, in trending up. I didn't have him initially. Um, a lot of this team, in my opinion, has kind of like either stayed where they are or have started falling down a little bit. Um, Zaka's, you know, Still doing good, but he's made a mistake or two the past game, a uh, couple games. Um, so it, th- those are the yeah, only two I agree with you. I would, I would say Maltsev and Kulikov are who should be in the trending up segment. So, um, Trending down, Sammy Vatanen has been atrocious. More so recently, he's, all, he's struggled in a sense since coming back at the last couple games, especially the latest game. He was just really, really not good. Um, I'd expect him to be out of the lineup like soon. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, we talked about his struggles. Ty Smith has struggled. Um, Damon Severson's doing a heck of a job to make sure the struggles don't come too much to fruition and really cost New Jersey, but we did see a big-time turnover in his own end. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Um, you saw that. And there was also a brutal penalty in – was it the offense? It might have been defensive zone where he just flat-out tripped a ranger. But, yeah, Ty Smith has been struggling. Hopefully he figures it out. There's been talk about breaking up that de-pairing of Smith and Severson. I don't necessarily agree with it because I feel like Smith's struggles will just be exemplified with any of the other Devils defensemen on the roster. Mm -hmm. I think they just got to stick it out and Ty Smith will figure it out. But, yeah, that's my... Yeah, I think think leaving Smith and Severson alone is the better move. Um... You want Smith to play with someone who's experienced. Um, Severson, like we've said, is probably the Devils' best defenseman on this roster. Um, I mean, the kid's going to make some mistakes. You know, I saw the tripping yesterday that that he did. Just being a little too careless with the stick. I saw what he was trying to do. He was trying to sweep and, and knock the puck off the stick of the Ranger, but he missed, kept going, and ended up in his, his skates. So... You know, it's just small little things that uh, can definitely be frustrating, but definitely correctable. Just leave the pairing alone. They'll they'll, they'll figure it out. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah, that's all we have turning up, turning down. Um, anything else you want to add? Nope. So. All right. Binghamton Devils. Yeah, it was. Binghamton Devils time. So the B-Devils have dropped seven in a row. They're 2-5, 1-1, one, and one, last in the North Division. So it's just going as bad down here as it is up on the NHL team. Uh, some bench three, eight points, nine games. Riley Walsh, six points in eight games. Nolan Foote, seven points in nine games. Nick Merkley, three points in five games. Those are like your leading scores or scores to note. Gilly Sen has an 8-9-1 save percentage and a 4.07 goals against. He is facing a lot of shots on a nightly basis, but he's not playing all that great. He was much better at the year uh, at the end of last year. His play so far this year is like his play in the beginning of last year, 
that made me question him and as a prospect. So not too good stuff there. Riley Walsh is doing very well offensively, but you can tell his game does need work defensively. I wouldn't put him in the NHL anytime this year, maybe next year in the sheltered role. Needs to work defensively. Kevin Ball has struggled a bit, in my opinion. I think he's still getting acclimated to pro hockey, which is expected. That's another guy I see a lot of Devils fans calling for to see this year. I wouldn't expect to see him, and I don't think it would be a good idea. Mm. But, yeah, that's your Binghamton Devils. I don't think there's much more to add. Uh, do they have uh, Clark there right now? I know he signed his yeah, entry Yeah, Graham Clark scored his first pro goal. Um, in the Devils' most recent loss. So, yeah. good for Graham Clark. He skated on a line alongside Jasper Boquist and Nolan Foot. That was a fun line. Probably forgot to mention that in the news segment in the beginning. Graham getting his uh, ELC. Yeah, he did. Congratulations there. Three years, right? Normal ELC. Yeah, it's typically like a three years. Uh, I think the pay rate is like based off where you were drafted or something usually. Yeah, that's how she usually goes. Um, so schedule they play again today but no reason talking about that game because this episode's getting dropped tomorrow their schedule for next week is Wednesday March 10th at home against Lehigh Valley and at home Friday against the Hershey Bears and we'll be recording on that Friday so yeah that's your uh, Binghamton Devils update um, I think that is it in this episode Chris do you have anything at all to add let's go Devils baby Yes, sir. Let's go, Devils, as always. Everyone stay safe out there, and hopefully we'll be talking about a much improved Devils uh, Devils team next week. Yes.